Christine and I, we got to go to Colorado. That's where my mom's side is, and man, it's beautiful there. When I, I grew up in Texas, and it's flat, and when I came to Oregon, I saw one mountain. I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. And then when I went to Colorado, and I've been there before, and I just saw like a, a wall of mountains, it's, it's another level. It's, we brag about our 14, or I don't even know if we have one that's over 14,000, but Colorado has 40 peaks over 14,000 feet tall, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, so this is a great time of year. I love, uh, it's kind of, it's after Christmas and the new year is coming, 2015, and I love to make resolutions, but I don't even, I love them so much, I don't even call them resolutions, because I know if I call New Year's resolutions a resolution, it's not going to last. That's why you're supposed to call them New Year's goals. It's a little trick, a little trick. You guys can do it, use it too if you want. New Year's goals, and I've got a goal. I want to ask some of you guys, if, what are some New Year's goals that you have for 2015? Mine is, I would like to ride my bike three times a week. I love to ride, and I just want to commute back and forth, and I live about a mile away. I know I've seen Tom Callahan on his nice and fancy bike. We're not allowed to bike together, okay? You're too fast. If you've seen his bike, you would know what I'm talking about. Um, but what about you guys? Is there any resolutions or goals that you have for 2015? Go ahead, Matt. Finish projects that you get started. Christine tells me that every day. <laughs> Anyone else? Go ahead, Isaiah. Riding your scooter. You want to ride your scooter, brand new scooter. What are some other goals? I know, for the most part, Christine and I, we like to eat healthy. So we always say, let's eat healthier. That's going to be one goal in 2015 for us. Although... We say that only after we go to the movies, after we get three boxes of candy and a big bag of popcorn, we have that nasty stomach, and we want to eat healthier. What are, what's one more goal that you, you guys have for the new year? Finding more money. Okay. Looking harder on the street, is that what you mean? There's a few pennies out there, I'm sure. Well, what I want to share with you, there is um, a lifestyle, a goal that our God has for us, and that he's had from the very, 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 very beginning. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about, because most of our life is really busy. Did you guys experience any kind of busyness this, this Christmas vacation, or these past few weeks? I know I have. You know, sometimes whenever you go on vacation, you need a vacation from your vacation. Have you guys ever experienced that? I am so tired of cooking meals and making sure my house looks clean for my relatives that I need a vacation from that. This might be what some of us look like during a week. Let's see some of these pictures. We like to multitask. This is just pouring coffee while on the phone and laptop. That, if that's 2015, that'd be a Keurig. Um, let's go to the next one. So this, this is a, a picture. I would, I would nearly bet this, was, um, this is a lie. The mom is happy. The child is playing, probably helping it looks like, and she's doing work. That doesn't look like in my house. Let's go to the next one. That's more like it. <laughs> I love my child, and I love James, and I can't wait for our next one, but it can be tough sometimes. I heard a, there's a, a guy I, I listen to called Andy Stanley. He says, the days are long, but the years are short. The days are long, but the years are short. That means, like, man, time flies by, even though each day seems like they go on forever. Let's go to the next one. Multitasking. You can't read this, but it says, because we needed another word for unable to focus on the task at hand. Anybody here good at multitasking? 
Mm-hmm. Who drives and texts? I know some of you. Yeah, I know it's against the law, Tiffany. You're reported. The chief of police is not here today. You're lucky. Let's go to the next one. Yes, we've got some kids on cell phones while drinking a bottle and reading. Excellent. Well, well, I think we might have one more slide. Nope. This is what we're going to talk about the next few, this week and next week, the art of slowing down. How do we go from this busy lifestyle, this McDonald's microwave culture? I mean, our McDonald's have two drive throughs And that, that just says, like, we got to get through fast all the time. We live in a high-speed life, a high-speed uh, world right now. So we're going to talk about the art of slowing down and what, God has given us is this word called, or this day called Sabbath. Does anybody know what the word, like, Sabbath means? If we were to translate it, Sabbath is kind of, what would be the meaning? Anybody can tell me? What do you do on a Sabbath? What, what, what did you do on a Sabbath? Rest. It means to cease, to stop working. And this week, we're going to talk about the what and why. And next week, we're going to talk about how. Like, how does it work? How do we practice it? Because I believe it's something God has for us, a gift that we get to enjoy. It's good to be able to just breathe, like, go, and not worry. Actually, let's all try that. Because sometimes we're tense. Can everybody breathe in with me? This time, I learned this from someone else. When you breathe in, tense your shoulders. Then when you breathe out, let them go. Keep letting him go. Sometimes we're just tense all the time. I had a friend, he couldn't get sleep because he was just tense. He was so worked up, can't get sleep just from worry and stress. So let's go back to the very, very beginning of time. What does God have to say about Sabbath? What is Sabbath and why or when did it begin? So let's read here. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. God, just give you a background, God just completed six days of creation. Now it's the seventh day. And on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. Keep going. And God blessed the seventh day, which is interesting. Do you know what other days were blessed that God created? Anybody know? It's curious. No. He blessed the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh day, the things he created. The fifth day, can anybody tell me? What did God create? The birds in the air and the fish in the sea. And he said he blessed them. Interesting. Then on the sixth day, who did he create? Adam, Eve, the, bland, the beast in the, on the land. And he blessed them. Then he goes to the seventh day and he created what? Nothing, right? He said he didn't create anything. He creates nothing and he blesses it. Isn't that curious? Creates animals and man and woman and nothing, and they're blessed. That's so interesting. What's so special about this day? Let's keep going. So God rested. What does it look like for you to rest? I'm imagining God, when he rested, he might have just walked through his creation and enjoyed, sat and watched the sunset. When you guys, let's, let's do this. If I come to your house, Tiffany, and I go and I say, hey, you know what? Don't worry about dinner. I got it covered. Macaroni and cheese. Don't worry about Tiff- McKenna. I'll babysit. You have four hours. You go and rest. You do whatever you want. 
what would you do? You would sleep. What, what about others? What would you do if I came and, and said, I'll take care of all your emails. I'll watch your children. I'll water your garden. <laughs> what would you do? What would you do for four hours? I'm just giving you four hours. Let's hear it. This is your chance. Play video games. He plays video games every Sunday night here at church for middle school and high school and college age. And I'm sure if you're older than that, Carson would love to beat you. What else? What would you do if you had four hours? I want to hear. You would, that's not allowed. You're not allowed to do that. That's work. I would say I'm doing a chores. What would you do? You would paint or draw. What else? You would come here and play video games. All right. Sundays at 530. I heard something. Sit and watch TV. Veg. I'm sure a lot of us would want to veg. Chris, Christine and I, we don't have a TV. We don't have cable in our house. And so when we went and visit family or anybody else and we see a TV on, we're like, yeah, this is good. Sports center. Um, let's go Let's see another picture. Some of us would probably just take a nap, watch a movie, watch a sunset, something pretty, just enjoy, read a book, drink some tea. Coffee or coffee. What would you do if you had four hours? I'm just giving you four hours. Sometimes we don't even have four hours in a whole week. So let's talk about this. This Sabbath. Let's go to the next slide. This Sabbath, God in the seventh day created this time where he just rested. He created nothing and he called it rest. What's interesting, it took 26 generations later from Adam to Moses, who we're going to talk about today. For him to teach his people what it means to rest. 26 generations later. That means if you were Moses, then your great, 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 great. Well, you get the picture, right? It's a long time. Why? Isn't that interesting? God rested on the seventh day, but not until Moses does he teach and practice and make it a commandment for his people to rest. He said, you better rest or there's punishment actually said, read your Bible. He says, if you don't rest on this day, you, you'll be punished by death. Pretty dramatic, right? Let's keep going. So I'm going to give you a little context. We're, we're talking about Moses now. We're 26 generations later. Moses is this, this Hebrew, this, this, this Israelite, this, this man who was born in a time of oppression and you don't know about Moses, there's a great movie that's out. I don't know if anybody's seen it. But I would encourage you to read your Bible, read Exodus, go to the movie, and then read the Exodus and see how well they line up. Because it's kind of fun to see what Hollywood does to, to stories. Anyway, Moses is born in this time of oppression. He's, too, he's, he's just a baby. And this new Egypt, he was there because his um, Joseph, who is in char, is one of the high officials in Egypt, in this country, and he tells his family, Joseph, who's an Israelite, tells his family, come over to Egypt. Joseph's dad's Jacob. Jacob means Israel. So he told his, tells his family, come over to Egypt. It's, there's a famine going on. I've got all this food. Come to Egypt. I'll take care of you. I know the king. We're buddies. And I will, I will speak for you. I will, I will make sure you're protected. Well, that's great, right? His family comes to Egypt, and they hunker down, and they, they, it says they became numerous in number. Well, that's great until Joseph dies, and the king who was with Joseph, who knew about these Israelites, also dies. This is where we get in the story, because this new king comes in, 
And he looks at all these Israelites, all these people like Moses, and he says this. Oh, go back. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt. So this is after Joseph in Egypt, who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, the Egyptians, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. Let's keep going. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. Hold right there. So this king, he sees his people. He's new to this country, or he doesn't know who Joseph was. But he sees these people, and he says, whoa, there is way too many of them. What if they wanted to do what they want to do? What if they wanted to take over? There's so many of them. We've got to do something. Now, do you think he made a peace treaty? Like, hey, if you don't hurt us, we won't hurt you. What did he do? Do you know? He says, let's go to the next sign, the next slide. Oh, this is a great idea. Let's, so the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal, brutal, brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing, crushing, crushing labor. These are God's people. This king is making God's people their slaves. And this is when Moses was born. Now, slaves, it's kind of interesting. We see, when I think of slaves, I just think of civil war. I can't go back that far. That doesn't hit me as closely as civil war or the civil rights movement or even today. Let's keep looking. Let's see some pictures. These are some slaves crushing labor, brick and mortar, all day, every day. And do you think that slavery is over today? Is there still slavery today? Let's keep going. There's still slavery today. Human trafficking, sex trafficking, children in war. Next slide. Let's stay right there. God hears the cry of his people, right? You know the story of Moses. Moses was born in this. He runs away. And it's not until he's 80 years old Moses, one of these used to be, was going to grow up as a slave, came back to save his people. Let's go one more slide. He brings them to the Red Sea, right? You, you know the story where he parts the water and he sets his people, he sets his people free. Moses come back, comes back and does that. Now, after they are rescued, Moses and God began to teach these people what it means rest. Now, Moses is 80 years old, so stick with me. From when he was first born is when his people began to be enslaved. He was even lucky to be alive. Do you know, do you know why? The Egyptian king was so ruthless that he said, he, he, he said midwives, which are women who help women give birth. I hope that's a pretty good description. Midwives. He said, midwives, if you see an Israelite have a baby, I want you to kill it if it's a boy. Pretty harsh, right? If it's a girl, you can let it live. Now, I'm thankful the midwives, they feared God, and they said something to something like this. They said, you know what? These women, these Israelite women, aren't like normal women. They're tough. When we get there, they've already had their baby, and they've gone. Now, that's, I don't know if that's a compliment or, you know, I think they're partly telling a lie, but they're partly saying the truth because these Israelite women didn't want their babies taken or killed. So they, they got it done. So Moses takes, his, takes these people. 80 years later, so that's 80 years of slavery. That's probably two, 
maybe three generations of men and women and children who only know brick and mortar, slavery, whips and lashes. Do you think they got sick days? Do you think they got benefits, health insurance? No. I can nearly bet they didn't get much of any days off. About 365 days a year, this king that wanted to kill him for 80 years. Crushing labor. Brutal slave drivers. So 80 years living like that. Moses takes these people and says, all right, we're getting out of here. God has a better plan for us. So he brings them through the Red Sea and he comes to the the desert, right? And in the desert, God provides them with what? What food? Manna. Now, well, manna was bread from heaven. And there was some, some interesting uh, teaching, or there's some interesting lessons that God gave through manna, and that's what we want to learn about today. Because manna came from heaven, and God only provided six days a week. He said on the sixth day, you're supposed to get as much as you would on two days, or for two days. So let's keep going. That is your manna bread for today. One more. This is what God says. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they will gather food. And when they prepare it, there will be as twice as much as usual. So God was testing them. He was trying to teach them, right? He's trying to, like, tell them, you're not a slave anymore. I'm going to give you what you need for today. And then I'm going to actually give you a day off. What they probably don't compute. A day off? I don't have to work. I don't have to worry about food. Slowing down does not come naturally. It takes practice. Like learning, learning a new skill. You can't play one day of piano and then expect to be an amazing piano player like Charlene is when she's here. It takes practice. Slowing down takes practice. And that's what God was teaching these Israelites, these slaves who've only known slavery. This is what the Lord said to Moses because he was getting frustrated. How long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. It didn't compute. They didn't understand what is this Sabbath. Remember, God created in seven day, the seventh day, the Sabbath, and 26 generations. God is showing them. That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day. So there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must go. You must each stay in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day. Now, they didn't learn. They were only told to go on the sixth day to pick up twice as much, but still on the seventh day, guess what Moses saw? People looking for food. Where's the food? I thought we we're going to have food. I'm worried. No, there was no food because God said, you've got it all. You've got enough. They even tried to pick more than what they were supposed to pick. And then you know what happened. When their bread, when they had more bread than they were supposed to, when they tried to save it, it became filled with maggots. So why is God trying to teach these Israelites this day? Why is he trying to train them? He's got 40 years that he's doing this. That's how long these people were wandering in the desert. 40 years, every six days, they gather food. And on the seventh, they rest it. So next slide. 
One more slide. He does this so that they may know that I am Lord. This is what the Bible says. Tell the people of Israel, be careful to keep my Sabbath day. For the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant between me and you from generation to generation. It is given so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. So he gives this commandment, this fourth commandment. And what's interesting, here's another interesting, there's ten commandments. How much would you say, there's, there's 331 words in all ten commandments. I counted them. Read your Bible. Deuteronomy 5. 331 words. How many words were given to the fourth commandment, which is what we're talking about today, the Lord's Day? Anybody got a number they can guess? What percentage do you think he gave just to give to the fourth commandment? 37% of all the Ten Commandments are dedicated just to the fourth one. 37%. Isn't that interesting? This day that God created nothing, this day for 40 years, he tells the Israelites, don't gather any food on the seventh day. 37%. Now, I'm not reading too much into this whole math equation, but I'm just saying, isn't that interesting? 37, over a third of all the Ten Commandments are details of how to keep the Sabbath. What does that tell us about God? What does that let us know who our God is? This God who wants to take these slaves, he hears their cries as slaves, takes them, brings them to the desert and gives them days off and gives them all the food they need for the day. What does that tell us about our God? Gives a day of rest. Tells us God is in control. God does not need us to make the world go round. Let's go to the next slide. Sometimes we can't take a day off because I I feel, maybe you do too, and if I take a day off, everything's going to get ruined. Or I don't have time to take a day off because if I do, this is not going to get done. God tells us, tells these Israelites, I have control. The world goes around because of me, not you. God is caring. God delights in us so much that he gives these slaves, these Israelites, time to just be themselves. Let's go to the next slide. So what's interesting the timeline of it all. I think that's, I love how God works in time. God on the seventh day creates nothing and he blesses it. 26 generations later, Moses comes and shares about the Sabbath and teaches them for 40 years what it's like. And in between that and when Jesus comes, it gets a little, gets a little messy, right? Because when Jesus comes on earth, these religious leaders tell Jesus how the Sabbath is to be kept. And they have all these weird rules. You know some of them? You're not allowed to spit on the Sabbath. You're not allowed to carry a mat, which can't weigh much, you know, carry a mat on the Sabbath. That wasn't in the Ten Commandments. You're not allowed to heal on the Sabbath. Isn't that interesting? It goes from all the way from when Moses was sharing in the desert to that, how these religious leaders began to put all these stipulations. You couldn't even walk more than three-fifths of a mile 
without it being considered work. It gets a little fuzzy. It gets a little gray. What is the Sabbath? And that's kind of where I think a lot of some of the culture today, the world begins to change. But how are we to keep the Sabbath? And Jesus, I love how he tells the people, you know what? I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. He was getting all these questions from these religious leaders. He's like, hey, why are you healing on the Sabbath? Why are you forgiving sins? You're not God. He says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for man, not man for Sabbath. Sabbath was a gift to be given. I hope you know that gift. That's what we're going to, that's what we're going to, next week, you're going to see and feel and, and maybe be able to find practices of how can we receive that gift. This is what Jesus says. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. This is right at the time while religious leaders were persecuting and telling them, hey, why aren't you keeping the Sabbath like we are? We know the rules. He says this, Oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. It's gone. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father. No one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Continue on. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you Sabbath. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Only on Sundays? Only on Wednesday nights? Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest. You will find Sabbath for your souls. Go on. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus comes, and he tells you, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Rest does not happen. This is where I get caught up. Rest does not happen on one day of the week. Rest is in me because I am Lord of the Sabbath. I'm in charge. I give rest. I give what you need. We have some great artists in our, our artists and poets and and I guess that's what you call them in our in our church family. And I had some of them share some pictures of what does that image look like? That come to me all you are burdened and weary. Now, what does that image look like to you? What comes to mind? And there's a few pictures over there, and there's some writing, and there's a chance for you to share what that means, what that looks like to you. What does God say? When he says, come to me, all you are weary and rest, or I'll give you rest for my souls, what image comes up? There'll be a chance during Selah for you to go over and check a few of these pictures out and actually draw some of your of your own. So, children, if you are drawing, this would be the one to draw about. Or writing. Come to me, all you are weary, and I'll give you rest. If you're preparing, if you're helping with Sailor this morning, would you come forward? During Sailor, it just means stop and think about it. Now, 
This week is just the what and the why. Why did